number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. Happy Thursday, February 9th, or maybe you're tuning in on Friday, February 10th. Got a busy weekend of wrestling coming up. We hit on this on the last show. Uh, Friday night, Iowa hosts Michigan. Going to talk some Hawkeyes here on today's podcast, so be ready for that. Also on Friday night in Cedar Falls at the McLeod Center, Iowa State in northern Iowa. Uh, State of Iowa's Big 12 showdown taking place. Uh, really excited for that one. Going to talk some Iowa State. So a little bit more Iowa State because I know on the last show we discussed the Cyclones in um, Pitt uh, with Robbie Wendell, ACC correspondent for Intermap. But uh, got a hold of some audio from head coach Kevin Dresser, um, offered some health updates, and just talked about the Iowa State UNI rivalry um, as a whole and just the fact that two Big 12 programs in the state of Iowa just kind of what it means that both programs show out so we'll hear from Dresser a little bit also give you my thoughts on the upcoming duel on Friday but we're going to start today's show talking Hawkeyes uh, Iowa 13-1 and overall in dual meets this season they're going to host Michigan on Friday night Michigan Coming in at 9-3, and three, maybe limping in a little bit, not unlike the Hawkeyes. Um, handful of stars have not been in the lineup for Michigan, same as Iowa. I know kind of on and off throughout the year, haven't seen the full A-team. I think only one time during this season we've seen the full A-team from the Hawkeyes. That was against Nebraska, and they promptly put up 34 points and pummeled Nebraska by 28. So, yeah, um, going to be an interesting duel. I think uh, if, if all... All holds equal. There's going to be some uh, pretty interesting matchups, I think, particularly, and we'll touch on that here in a minute. But wanted to start today's show. Got to talk to Iowa coach Tom Brands earlier this week, so we've got his audio from his weekly press availability. Um, hit a wide range of things. Talked about the uh, um, ongoing injury situation with the Hawkeyes this season. Um, something that Tom called uh, very bizarre circumstances. He's also called it really unique and strange just throughout the year. You know, by my count, have had, uh, you know, Spencer obviously came back late. He was not there in the first few competitions for the Hawkeyes. Obviously, he had double knee surgery, but then, you know, kind of going up and down the lineup, Brody Teske missed about two months, Real Woods um, kind of on and off. Uh, during the beginning of the season, um, didn't see Nelson Brands. He's been kind of on and off. Abe Assad, haven't seen him the last few weeks. Um, so Jacob Warner, I know, has been dealing with stuff since the Illinois duel. Just a lot of weird things, um, you know. And so we talked to Tom about that. Just, you know, I kind of asked him how, you know, has it been frustrating? What's it been like having the true freshman being able to do that? Um You know, what's that experience been like for them? And we also got to talk to him a little bit about Brody Teske and, Pretty big matchup coming up for BT this Friday night against Dylan Raggison from Michigan, um, ranked top 12. Pretty big matchup when it comes to Big Ten seeding, potentially NCAA seeding. So um, got to talk to Brody about just, you know, making his way to the Iowa wrestling program, um, kind of what it's meant to him to be part of the program, the winding road to get here and just kind of, you know, another another check-in, just, you know, hey, how's the year going? It hasn't really been a fairy tale homecoming for him. It's been a pretty rough season all in all. Um, 
So we were able to talk to him and, um, you know, he's able to provide a little bit of color on what, what the experience has been like overall. So, um, yeah, we're going to start with Tom. Um, I'll come back on the other side and break down the Iowa-Michigan duel a little bit more, um, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep the show rolling today. So, yeah, start with Tom Brands. Um, enjoy his audio, and I will catch you guys on the flip side. What's up, Nelly? What's up? Kelsey, what's going on? Good to see you. We got Michigan coming in. Um, you know, what uh, what type of challenge do they kind of kind of bring to the table? It's the next dual meet and the challenge is putting our best team on the mat and performing our best. You start to get a little health back and that's great, but Still got to perform, no matter who you put out there. I'm saying if we are or if we aren't, we still got to perform. That's the challenge. And been a little up and down, maybe. Need to keep that high level consistency going. How's that? I don't think it's frustrating. I think frustration is something that you can control, or if you are frustrated, then you turn it into, um, you know, why are you frustrated, and then solve the problem. Um, I don't think frustration is relevant um, necessarily. Um, I think it is something you have to deal with, and if it becomes relevant, then you're probably beyond repair, and that's not the case at all. We have guys that love to compete. I know that, and I also know that when you love to compete, you want to feel good. Uh, but I also know that in high-level competitions, you're not always going to feel good. And the best are the ones that can put some of those negatives to the side and persevere no matter what. And that's what we work on every day. Brody said to overcome some things. Um, Who's that? Season, how has he kind Who's of that? Brody? Oh, okay, sorry. Brody Tusky. Um, how has he kind of settled in um, now that he's kind of been in you know, a more regular? For me, it goes back to the very beginning um, when he entered the portal and he was looking around, and it was one of those things where. You know, what do you want? What's the most important thing to you? He listed one or two things. And for him and what we had, those one or two things were a perfect fit. And he was mature enough to put aside other offers that were probably more lucrative. And he made the choice that he thought was best for him. So there's maturity right there. Um, another part of it with him is the fact that um, early on um, we had a situation where, you know, we weren't healthy in the wrestle-off, and so we delayed um, three or four days and basically told him with 48 hours or 72 hours notice that he was going to have a separate schedule, and he didn't even blink. 
And he just basically said, time, place, and I'm there. And when you have that, there's maturity there, and there's, you know, no drama, and there's evenness, and that's, those are all good ingredients for being able to overcome um, some things. And then you start to talk about things that he's overcome. So challenges with, you know, the health issues that he's had, and he just looks him straight in the eye. The first time, we wanted him bad. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, for whatever reason, if he heard in his own ears that we wanted him bad or if we didn't communicate well enough to let him know that we wanted him bad. Um, a lot of times things get lost. Um, the love gets lost because maybe the offer or whatever isn't as significant as maybe it should have been according to one party you know, interpretation of the conversation. So um, the second time recruiting him was a lot simpler. It was, what do you want? What's important to you? Here's our strength. And those two lined up. And so it was a matter of him taking a leap of faith. And that's what he did. Um, Drake Rhodes has been in the lineup the past three dual meets. How do you think this experience is going to benefit? I think with that new rule, I think the experience benefits uh, Riggins also. It's benefited um, Franklin. Um, you know, it's different when you're a true freshman and you're competing in open tournaments. You weigh in at 7 o'clock in the morning. You have a two-hour weigh-in to 9 o'clock first round, and it goes all day, and the finals are at five or six or eight o'clock at night. Um, you're weighing in a one hour weighing in a dual meet in a packed house on the road, a packed house. Um, the stakes are very high. Um, you can draw your own conclusion on the benefit for that. Um, th the biggest thing for Drake Rhodes is, is that, um, you know, with the health of where we're at there at that weight class, we gotta be really, really smart um, that we don't burn his red shirt. And you say, smart, well, how do you know if you burn You got to know whether you're burning his red shirt or not. Um, yeah, we know, but we also got to put a able competitor out there. So we're getting to the point now where we're getting to the nitty gritty. And we got two dual meets left. You know, I think he's got one date left. So, you know, how do you, how do you, put an 84-pounder on the mat if it's not Abe Assad. And after this week, Drake Rhodes and burn his red shirt. So we got to be really, really smart. we got to figure something out. What has uh, Drake and some of these other true freshmen shown you with opportunities that you guys have given? Uh, they don't hesitate. Biggest thing is, is, you know, it's been all hands on deck. And, you know, Kirk Ferentz talks about next guy in, and that's a really good, simple philosophy that everyone can understand, and there's a lot of account accountability in that philosophy. And that's what all hands on deck means, and all hands on deck. And when we talk on, 
the day after our competition and we're getting ready for the next one, it is literally you have to be ready to suit up and go, no matter who you are, um, because we've had some bizarre um, circumstances this year with this lineup. So you've got to be ready to go. One more thing about Brody. Um, what would you like to see out of him, or, or what would he need to do to kind of make a, a jump to the next level? I think, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you, you can talk all the little things that we talked to him about, or um, I just think he needs to get the best version of himself out there. And um, he knows that it's about being tough. And he is a very competitive uh, wrestler. Um, he does not take well to um, embarrassment. And even though for me and you, he hadn't embarrassed himself, but to him he takes it personal when those resor results aren't up to snuff. So he looks at it like, I embarrassed myself. I need to do better. And that's a good quality of a, of a competitor. We, we love him. He's made us better. He has made our room better. All right, a lot to take in from that 10 minutes with Tom. I'll hit on some of the big stuff just kind of initially. Um, Abasad's clearly hurt. Um, you know, I think Tom kind of said that without outright saying it um, in his presser this week. Um, obviously, he's you know they're going to have to juggle and do some some crunching, some problem solving, numbers crunching here just when it comes to true freshmen and, and who they're going to trot out at 184 for Oklahoma State. I think there's maybe a possibility Abe comes back for that duel, um, 184 for Oklahoma State. That's Sunday, February, I believe that's the 19th. Um, last uh, regular season duel of the year for the Hawkeyes. That's Travis Whitlake at 184, so that actually be a pretty important match for um, you know for Abe when it comes to NCAA seeding. So maybe we see him back then. Um, I guess I have my doubts. I'm, I'm under the presumption that we probably won't see Abe until the Big Ten championships. I mean, he's in the he's in the facility, guys. I before the media availability on Wednesday, I was able to just kind of briefly. I saw him briefly, just kind of you know, hey, how you feeling? Um, seemed upbeat. Um, you know, anytime a wrestler deals with an injury, like Tom said, they want to, they want to feel their best and that's just not always going to be the case. So, um, you know, we'll see Abe when we see him, but the other thing that kind of came across, um, you know, the true freshman thing, I, Drake Rhodes listed at 184 for Iowa this Friday, assuming he goes, this is his fifth attached date, uh, which means he cannot wrestle again unless Tom wants to burn his red shirt. So, you know, Maybe Abe shows up for the Oklahoma State duel. If not, who? Um, Mickey Griffith is a guy who's listed at 184. Maybe they throw him out there. I believe he's only wrestled one attached date this season. Um, do you bump up Jude Link? Do you bump up uh, Adam McCain? Or Aiden McCain, excuse me. I keep saying Adam. Um, you know, there's a few different options there. I think that Tom will probably poke around with and, and you know, ultimately make the decision there. But, um, yeah, just kind of, you know, it's 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 just it's been a weird year. Tom has been outspoken about that, and so it was. You know that's why I asked. You know, hey, what aspects of this have been frustrating? Um, you know, just to kind of dig into his brain a little bit and problem solve. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that. That's the 184 situation. That was kind of you know the big newsy news stuff that came out of the press availability. The other thing that obviously came out of it was 
Tom talking Brody Teske. Um, he's got a big matchup coming up Friday against Dylan Ragason. A um, lot of interesting matchups, I think, in in this particular duel, right? You circle 33 with Teske and Ragason. Um, you know, 41, potentially Cole Matten or Russell Real Woods. I like Real in that matchup, but we'll see. I can't rule out 25, right? Spencer Lee and Jack Medley. Um, you know, just kind of going up and down the line at 57 is another one that you got to circle. K- Kobe Siebrecht beat a past All-American last week in Minnesota's Brayton Lee. He gets another one this week in Michigan's Will Luan. Um, so another fun test for him. I think that's interesting clash of styles because Kobe, obviously very active offensively, not afraid to just kind of go for it. Um, Will Luan, notoriously hard to score on. Russell's a lot of close matches and um, holds position really well. So interesting clash of styles. Excited to see how that one goes. Cam Amin from Michigan, two-time All-American. Hasn't been in the lineup the last couple of duels, but he is listed on the probable. So we'll see who Michigan trots out there. I think that'd be an excellent test for Patrick Kennedy. Um, You know, they're kind of similar stylistically. Um, And Cam Amin, I think you guys remember, beat uh, Alex Marinelli in the NCAA quarterfinals last year. So Huge test there for for Patrick Kennedy as he continues to kind of bolster his resume before the NCAA championships. And then obviously at heavyweight, uh, 285, top-ranked Mason Paris from Michigan wrestling Tony Cassiope. Paris 3-0 all-time in their college careers against Cassiope, has a couple of pins, and then beat Cassiope at last year's NCAA championships um, 11-5, I believe the score was. So We'll see what kind of gap there might be between those two if, if Tony can close it at all or if, or if you know Paris can extend the gap a little bit more. Um, excited to follow that one. So there's there's some intrigue here. Um, you know we talked about Drake Rhodes earlier going at 184, probably gonna have uh, fine silver. Um, you know, who's top 10 guy in the country, 17 and five, I believe this year. So, um, weird that a fine silver is not at Duke, but transferred to Michigan. Um, and clearly that's paid dividends for both parties, I would say so far at least. So yeah, uh, interesting duel, a lot of interesting matchups. We'll kind of see which, uh, which Michigan team ultimately shows up, um, you know, if they send the whole A team, you know, I think 49, for example, could be another interesting match, but uh, Michigan has not wrestled Chance Lamer quite a bit recently. So, you know, kind of, I, I hate to say it's dependent on Michigan and what lineup they, they ultimately roll out, but there's, you know, there could be some really, really interesting matches if Michigan decides to trot out the A team. So we'll see what happens. That's Friday, 7 p.m., Iowa City, Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um, coming up next part of the show, it's going to kind of up and down different segments today. Um, interview with Brody Teske. We talked to Tom about Brody this week, just kind of what it's been like having him in the room. Um, you know, I kind of asked, uh, I, I was, you guys know, I'm pretty big on sharing the recruiting stories. So I asked both Tom and Brody, you know, Hey, like obviously there was, you know, attempts to recruit, you know, between program and athlete when Brody was at Fort Dodge, you know, as a senior in high school. Um, what were the differences this time around? What, what, what changed? Um, and so Brody was, uh, Brody was great about that. Um, you know, told, uh, told a fun story actually about when he first entered the, uh, the transfer portal and about how Tom was one of the first coaches to really reach out to him. And, um, I'll let Brody share that story, but that's who we got up next on the show interview with Brody Teske. Talked to him for about 10 minutes this week. I think you guys will enjoy hearing from Brody. Um, yeah, we will go to that now and then, uh, we'll transition to the second part of the pod afterward. Appreciate it guys. Shower shoes. <laughs> Team issued. Don't get them in there. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Questions for Brody? Um, I know Iowa recruited you really hard out of when you were in high school. Uh, obviously, you took a different path. What was different this time around, or where do you feel like you had changed this time around that this did a big 
Uh, I did a lot of growing up. Um, realized I'm an Iowa boy. Love home. Love being around the family. Um, that means a lot to me. You know, they've been to every match. Um, they actually, it's crazy. The first time I ran out while I was at Penn State, they didn't come to that one. And that was weird. It just felt weird. Things were off. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just being back home was a lot for me and growing up. And then um, kind of spending time with family through the COVID season showed me that, um, how important that was. And then uh, coming to the realization last year after the national tournament that it was like, I need more in terms of some resources and uh, some things like that. And this place had it. And uh, partners, you know, the medical team that this place has that has helped me a lot this year, like those things, um, you know, in terms like that. So that's what persuaded me to come here, you know, at the end of the day um, with this season and with potential to come back again next year. There's like, if I want to achieve the goals that I have set out for, like, I got to make adjustments, you know, not necessarily changes, but just adjust and continue moving forward. But. How close were you to coming to Iowa initially? I mean, this, I probably would have came here. Um, you know, Spencer got recruited, and that's not the main excuse, or that's, you know, I don't live by that, but it's like, the opportunity that Penn State had offered me, it was like, that was like awesome to an 18 year old kid, like having everything covered in terms of, you know, not worrying, just being able to go out and get away from home and have a, you know, a whole new life basically. Um, so yeah, it was cool, but yeah. You know, you chose a different path um, and then uh, transferred to UNI. Was it hard to kind of restart those talks, you know, with Iowa, deciding to come here, you know, after, you know, two other opportunities, you guys weren't able to sync up, but, um, or was it easy just to open the communication and decide to come down here? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the guy, once I have figured out what I want, I'm just going to go do it. Um, and I think that's really important for any decision that you make in life. It's like, you don't burn the bridge, right? It's, I have great connections all across the country with many coaches and appreciate all the recruitment process because it was pretty cool as a young kid to experience all that. But um, once I had decided that like, I knew I needed more and this was the place that I really wanted, um, it just, hard conversations, like it's, that's nothing. It's just like, you know what, this is what I need to do. I aligned my life to it and now I'm here. I love it. <laughs> this is funny actually uh i hit the portal and uh threw my headphones on i went for a run and i i live on do not disturb like that's just i'm always on i don't have my f notifications turned on and tom called me like 20 times and i'm not exaggerating and it <laughs> and then once i finally called him it was <laughs> he he gave me some crap for it actually uh, the first couple weeks of being here called me out in front of everybody but yeah, it was funny. I got back and the 20 missed calls. I was like, well, <laughs> I think that tells me what's up. <laughs> what was that first conversation like when you called back? A very, very short call. It might have been literally 30 seconds. It was like, you want to be a hawk? It was like, very interested. All right, when can we meet? Got up here and then it was like, that was it. It was like, we have what you need. You know that. And it was very simple, to the point, And that's exactly what I'm about. 
uh, straightforward. You know, he knew what I needed after some communicating, and it was very, you know, like real. And uh, found myself here a couple of days later, and it was like driving home. It was like that's where I needed to be, and that's what we're gonna do. So didn't look back. Was it an identical recruiting pitch, or were there changes? Or what was you know comparing and contrasting when he first reached out to you in high school? Um, I don't know. It was that. It's a funny question because yeah, I mean there are recruiting pitches and that, and such. But like, uh, you guys know that Tom and Terry and this the people here are straightforward to the point. They're not gonna beat around no bush. Like it's that's how I am. Like I'm like a realist in terms like the, this is the way it is. Okay, then that's what it is and. Uh, you know, I told them the things I was looking for, you know, partners being a huge thing for me. Like that was, you know, I love, you know, Coach Schwab and everything that you and I had to offer. Um, but uh, the things that they had in place here, it was like pointed that out. You know, I made that clear that that's what I needed and they had it and they're, you know, this is it. That's what we're doing. And so that was it. But. <laughs> so what's the season been like being in the room, you know, kind of going through three quarters of a season at this point? What's that experience been like for you now that you're actually in the place you feel you need to be? I love it. I've enjoyed every second of being a Hawkeye. Um, you know, this, <clears throat> those things that I was looking for are, are covered, and there is no stone unturned. There is no excuses to be had. There is no rhyme or reason why things aren't aligning or this and that. Like, And... Uh, you know, I continue to come in every day, work my tail off, and um, pursue a dream. And I'm living it. It's amazing. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a rough season as far as being able to compete as much as I wanted to and battling injuries and stuff. But um, you know, I'm learning and growing and enjoying the process. And the journey's been one that you know I'll I'll never look back and um, wish I would have done it differently. Like this is the way it is, and and God's plan at the end of the day. So. Uh, yeah, that's it, really. So with a month left to go in the season, what do you need to do from now until, you know, mid-March for you to get to, you know, those goals that you have set for yourself? Yeah, the final push, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, we're already doing some things a little bit different in training, but um, the whole season has been different for me with, you know, the knee stuff. So just working around that and then this final push leading up, you know, finding ways to, to get to more offense and, and get to my positions and find more points and uh, enjoy it, so. Seems like confidence is growing with reps when it comes to the Oh yeah, for sure, and yeah, that's a big thing. But at this stage of the game too, you know, I've seen it, I've been in the national tournament, I've been to, you know, big 12s and stuff like that. Um, experienced the big 10 tournament my true freshman year, so. Just uh, you know, enjoy the process, I guess, as you as we always say, and um, just stay present and enjoy what's right now, and take care of business. Always great to hear from Brody. Been really fun just kind of seeing him around the facilities this past year. Just you know, and and he just and I I kind of told him this afterwards too. He he just looks healthier. He looks like he's having a little bit more fun. I know it's been a rocky season. Just um, you know, he had to take two months off. Um, had a pretty gnarly injury that um, I don't know that he wants me to share just yet. Um, you know, that's just <laughs> hey, it's part of the job. Sometimes you find things out, and um, you know they they ask you to keep things under wraps for a while, and it's not anything pressing. So yeah, play the game a little bit and. Um, 
You know, Brody's a guy that I've known for, you know, my, my very first wrestling season at the register was covering Brody Teske and Alex Thompson during their senior seasons and, you know, their pursuit of fourth state titles and, um, you know, getting to watch them wrestle each other. It was one heck of a first season on the beat. Um, and it's just been really fun just staying in contact with him and catching up and, you know, seeing how things are doing when he was at Penn State, when he went to UNI, and now that he's down in Iowa City, um, you know, just been really fun to kind of see him around the, you know, Carver a little bit more, seeing him around Iowa City and, you know, of late, um, you know, the last, you know, I think he's, he's wrestled in five of the last seven duels for Iowa, including the last four in a row. Um, just really getting to see him thrive a little bit. So he's, you know, Hey, he's, he's figuring things out. He's putting pieces together and, um, you know, always going to be pulling for a kid like that who, who decides to show up and, and work hard. And, you know, he's got big dreams and, um, you know, kind of like I mentioned, I know this, this, this homecoming season for him, um, you know, coming to Iowa, a place that he has always wanted to compete at and wrestle for, not exactly the homecoming fairy tale that he maybe envisioned when he committed, but hey, he's figuring things out, and um, you know I think I think he's primed for a pretty big march um, if all things continue to fall the way that he believes they are. So yeah, that's uh, that's Brody Teske, that's Tom Brands, that's Iowa. Again, they wrestle Michigan Friday night, Carver Hawkeye Arena, 7 p.m. Also going on Friday night at the McLeod Center in Cedar Falls. Iowa State, Northern Iowa. We uh, on the previous show we heard from Doug Schwab. On today's show, gonna hear from the Iowa State camp. Uh, got to talk to Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser as well as Sam Schuyler and Jason Kreiser earlier this week. So we got some audio for you guys here. Just kind of um, gonna start with uh, Coach Dresser talking about the rivalry. Um, you know, kind of what it means. Um, you know, f- to have these two. I mean, two top 20 programs nationally, and they just so happen to be separated by about 90 minutes, right? And they're both in the Big 12 Conference, Iowa State, you and I, um, you and I an affiliate member for those who who are not aware, affiliate Big 12 wrestling member, um, and just really great wrestling that these two programs have churned out. I know the Hawkeyes um, take up a lot of space in, in our coverage and on the pod here, and that's what a lot of people truly care about, but... Hey, man, give these two programs their due. Friday is going to be a blast. Um, I'm expecting McLeod to be dang near close to sold out. It was dang near close to sold out last year, and they didn't give us the proper numbers. Um, but, hey, uh, every bit of six, 7,000 people, I think, are going to squeeze into that building and watch this duel. I think it's going to be a great one. Um, you know, again, two top 20 programs in the Big 12, two teams that are going to play a role in how the Big 12 is decided, two teams that I think are very much among the conglomerate of teams that can contend for NCAA trophies this year. A lot of parity going on in college wrestling this year. I think once you get past Penn State and Iowa, a lot of really good teams there. Um, you know, and I think these two teams are firmly in that tier, and it's going to be really fun to see them go head-to-head on Friday night in Cedar Falls. So we'll get to Kevin Dresser first, come back, wrap up with a few final Iowa State UNI thoughts, and then we'll end with uh, interviews with Sam Schuyler and Jason Kreiser. So let's go to head coach Kevin Dresser now, um, offer some injury updates, and then obviously talks about Iowa State UNI rivalry as a whole. Hope you guys enjoy. Here you go. Well, last year he said he was going to break my hip. That's why I brought a cop. So this year was actually kinder and gentler because uh, he said he was going to take me down or put me down or something. I'm going down. Um, it's a little more name calling. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, seriously, though, uh, this is a really good team. Um, I mean, they got eight guys ranked in the top 20 and probably more ranked closer to 10. Uh, they got a lot of really good guys right now. I mean, uh, you know, we were in um, 
New Orleans uh, in December, late December, and I watched them, you know, completely manhandle Ohio State, um, which is a really good good team right now too. And I think since then, uh, they've been pretty darn unbeatable. They're really healthy right now. I think when they did lose earlier in the year, that they had a couple guys out, and that's a huge factor. So, um, you know, truly there is, and, and he said it. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of poking. But when we get there, we know what's going to be. You know, they're going to want to take our heads off, and we have to be ready for that. And we got to take their heads off. It, it's going to be a heck of a duel meet for fans to watch. Um, I think that um, you know, I think there's a lot of toss-ups early, like 125 through 157. Uh, I think you could you could make a case for all those being really really close. Um, and if that's the way it goes, um, that's going to be a heck of a heck of a bout. So. We're excited about it. Yeah, we're playing around a little bit and we're having fun, but um, it's a big it's a big day for us. Um, you know, we, we circle we circle Panther season every year. What has Sam Schuyler meant to this team? I mean, obviously, it feels like he burst on the scene last year against you and I, getting that last second takedown to steal the dual meet. But then this year, he seems to have taken it to another level. I mean, just this last weekend against Pitt, he did the same thing against the number five guy in the country. Yeah, you know, he's just, you know, confidence is such a wonderful thing in this sport, um, you know, in any, in any individual sport. You know, and he's got a lot of confidence right now, and he earns a lot of it in that room right right behind you all. Um, he, he's a, he works really hard, and, uh, you know, we, we go on when we do the morning runs, when we lift, when we wrestle, that guy gives you everything he's got. And, and when you do that over and over and you start to get confidence in there, then it shows up everywhere you go, and I think that's what we're seeing. He, he even referenced the thing you like to say about him that when he was younger he'd poop his pants. Uh, yeah. He referenced that a little bit, but yeah. how did he did he just acquire that confidence due to the work he put in in the room and maybe having to get beat a few times and then get back up? Yeah, I think he know? just started figuring out because he was having a lot of success in the room that he belonged. You know that he was in that, and, and he did a really good job this spring. And, went, and then he went to Colorado Springs and wrestled with some really high level guys. And if you saw the guys that he beat in the U.S. Open last April in Vegas, um, you know, beat some really good guys. And, you know, you do that, and then you do it in there. Um, you know, he's going to be right in that. He can go with anybody this year. Sunday is the, the Beauty and the Beast match, not to yes. look, look past the Panthers. But no, no. The, the atmosphere and everything that goes along with that, are you guys looking forward to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it's funny. I haven't participated uh, in a Beauty and the Beast match. Uh, at Hilton since I was at Virginia Tech one year, 10, 12 years ago, I don't know. Um, when you're old, you forget stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, we came and wrestled Iowa State in the Beauty and the Beast. And all I remember, it was like a three-ring circus, and there was girls flying by, and I'm trying to keep our guy athletes in their head, head where they need to be. And so, yeah, focus might be the key, key word on Sunday. But Illinois is a really good team, too. I mean, we just, uh, you know, the, the teams that we beat last weekend – West Virginia is so, so improved. I mean, Pitt, um, you know, they're not the 14th-ranked team in the nation. And I'll tell you what, you and I ain't the 13th-ranked team in the nation. That's two really good programs. So to get uh, the opportunity to do that against a really good team um, on Sunday will be fun. I think we start at noon, um, and everybody's going to get done to go watch the Super Bowl. They'll have plenty of time to do that. But it's, uh, it's going to be a good – I heard we've got a ton of tickets sold for it, so we're excited about that. What do you make of the parity in college wrestling this year? Just with Penn State still might be the best team and dual team, Iowa still might be number two, but even they've shown some chinks in their armor. And then three through, I don't know, 15, 16, all seem to 
be right there with each other? What do you make of the parity and contrasting this year? I think it's great, and I'm glad you asked that question because I've said that to people before. I mean, with uh, you know, I really think between two and 25, like you got a couple guys out, and you're not ready to go. They're gonna they're gonna get you. I mean, it's almost kind of like Big 12 basketball. It doesn't, you know, you better be ready to go every time. I mean, I saw that. Uh, what Iowa State's playing tonight, and they're playing a team that's barely above 500, and they're an underdog on the road, and they're in first place in the conference. I think that's what we're starting to see with college wrestling, and especially the Big 12 right now is extremely tough. I mean, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Northern Colorado, and then you got the traditional Big 12 schools uh, are really all good right now. And so, you know, that tournament's going to be something else, but you nailed it. I mean, it's there's a lot of parity right now in, in our sport. How big is it for you to ha- be able to be in a state where you have you and I just two hours away and you're taking your guys there Friday night to compete. What does that do for your program and your guys' development? Well, I heard Coach Schwab mention it in his press conference. There's nowhere else like Iowa. I mean, he's pushing tickets hard. And I, I think that's good. And I don't think he'll, I, I don't think he, he probably needs to because uh, he's done a heck of a job there um, and, and put those guys in basically a top 10, top 12 status right now. And, um, you're in Iowa, and, and uh, you know they're going to show up. Last year we had over 6,000. It was nuts. It was packed. Um, it was fun, and so that's kind of what you do, uh, what you get used to when you when you when you build your program like that. And he's done a great job with it. Team-wise, how are you? Because you talked about you know having some harder knocks than usual, maybe at times. How are you health-wise, and has it has it an improvement? I guess. Um, you know, we have some little things besides, you know, losing Terrakeen at 125 with a surgery. Um, we don't have anybody that's not going to be going. I mean, we got some guys at this, this time of year when you get into, you know, we're almost into mid-February right now. When you get into mid-February, you're just going to have to learn how to wrestle banged up a little bit because nobody feels perfect. If you, if you start worrying about that, then you're worrying about the wrong thing. So, you know, you have to be tough. And, and uh, you know, with that said, we're off today. It's Wednesday. We'll go a 25-minute, 30 workout tomorrow on Thursday. And then we'll, you know, make weight Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon, evening, and uh, wrestle. So, you know, we trained hard Monday and Tuesday. And, you know, there's some guys beat up and sore, banged up a little bit today. But they got 48 hours plus to get ready to go. And so we'll be ready. What's Corey Kabanban's status? Corey Kabanban will be ready. He's on the mat again, just kind of moving around, drilling. Um, We probably won't see him until the Big 12. We'll have to figure that situation out and have a wrestle off there. You know, right now it kind of looks like, Caleb Feasley and uh, Corey will probably end up uh, wrestling off at some point after, you know, right out sometime between the 20th and the 27th, depending on Corey. We'll let him make sure he feels good, but he's obviously earned a right. He had some, you know, right before he got hurt, he beat Penn State and Cornell. Goodness, the kid deserves a shot right now. He really does. And so, and Caleb Feasley's done a wonderful job for us. I mean, he lost two, two close matches on the road, but man, those were good, tough guys. And he was right there in both those matches. So, you know, we, we've, we've toughened up at 125. Good stuff there from Dresser. Okay, here are my thoughts on this duel. And I wrote about them a lot more in depth on the Register's website. Go check that out. We did a whole weight-by-weight breakdown like we do for Iowa State, Iowa, for Iowa, Penn State. Um, do it again, obviously, for Iowa State, Northern Iowa. Um, call me crazy, guys, but I think you and I can win this duel. And I said as much. I picked them 18-14. And here's my reasoning. And I might, as we go along here the next five minutes or so, might talk myself out of it. But here's what I'm thinking. If you line them up and you line up all the probables, I probably give 
you and I the edge at 33, 41, 74, and 84, just based on in-season experience and history. I think you give, so that's, that's for the, okay, for those who are trying to write this down on paper, 33, Biscoglia, I would pick over Zach Redding. We'll see if Ramazan ultimately rustles. Um, there's a caveat there. Redding has actually, he's 2-0 all-time against Kyle Biscoglia. Kind of an interesting little fact there, but I do like Bisco and the way he's been wrestling. 41, Kale Happel versus Casey Swiderski. Swiderski is very clearly in a freshman funk. Kale bounced back nicely after struggles against the Oklahoma schools. It went 2-0 last weekend. Um, 74, Lance Runyon over Julian Broderson. Um, Lance beat him last year, 10-4. And then 84, Parker Kekeisen over Marcus Coleman. PK's 2-0 all-time against Marcus, even though I think Marcus is going to come ready to battle. And, um, you know, that's that's pretty that's pretty much the match of the night, right? Like, that's, you know, that's two top 10 guys, two top five guys at 184. Potential Big 12 final as well as potential NCAA semifinal right there at the McLeod Center. Um, that alone should get you to buy a ticket. Iowa State, 65 and 97, right off the top. Those are probably the two weights where they're favored. David Carr over Austin Yant. Younger Bastida over a conglomerate of 97 pounders. I think Noah Glazier and Caleb Runyon were officially listed, but I do believe Wyatt Volker, true freshman, is going to weigh in again. Maybe he goes. Um, we'll see what happens. So Iowa State gets those two weights. I think those are two weights where Iowa State could potentially score bonus. Um you know, we'll see which 97 shows up for, for you and I. Um, and again, caveat here, we'll see which 97 shows up for you and I. And then at the same time, Austin Yant has only given up two bonus point losses in the last two years, just very stingy defensively. I know David Carr's an alien, but, um, you know, winning that match, I don't think is crazy scoring bonus in that match. I think that's going to take a tall order from David Carr. And it might be something that they need to win the duel because, so that's four for you and I, that's two for Iowa state. The remaining four matches I think are toss ups and, and think about this One twenty five, Caleb Feasley for Iowa state, Kyle Gallhofer for you and I, um, both guys are going to give everything they got pure toss up 149 Pinero Johnson, Colin Realbuto, two top 15 guys. This is going to probably have a blood round feel to it as it should, because winner obviously going to help them with seeding at big 12 and NCAAs. But you know, I mean, this could absolutely be a Friday night matchup, right? So that'll be a big one. 57, Derek Holschlag, Jason Kreiser, two top 30 guys. Um, really like the way Holschlag's been wrestling, but Kreiser, obviously very dangerous, roly poly kind of guy. He can score big and, um, you know, Big and big situations. He's also wrestling with a little bit more confidence, so we'll we'll kind of see there. I like Holschlag maybe leaning that direction just because he's a little bit more fundamental, and that tends to give Kreiser problems. Um, and then 285, I, I'm leaning Sam Schuyler, but Tyrell Gordon, guys, I, I know I've said this before. He is figuring out wrestling at the heavyweight level, and he's doing a lot of really good things while maintaining his natural speed and athleticism, and I just I think Schuyler can win that one. I'm leaning Schuyler, but Tyrell's going to give him problems. And I'm just very excited because there's, assuming we start at 25, the duel could come down to heavyweight. Um, it did last year, and Sam Schuyler had to beat Carter Isley 3-1 to one for Iowa State to win the duel. Um, could very well come down to that again. But yeah, I think on paper, you give you and I four weights, you give Iowa State two, and those other four weights are going to decide the duel. I could get talked into 33 also being a toss-up, so then you'd go 3-2 and 5 will decide the duel, but... Man, it's going to be a fire duel. As many as 16 guys ranked in Intermat's most recent poll, 10 guys ranked 15th or higher, top five matchup at 184, tons of guys that have all-American potential. It's going to be a great duel. I'm going to be in Cedar Falls on Friday. I hope I see you guys in Cedar Falls on Friday. Let's turn the McLeod Center into the McLeod Center. I know that's really corny, but like, actually, let's do that. 
It's going to be a great duel. I'm really excited. I hope you guys are too. If that didn't get you pumped, um, go read the rest of my full weight-by-weight breakdown on DesMoinesRegister.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. We're going to wrap up today's show, though. A couple more interviews with Iowa State from this past week. Got to talk to Sam Schuyler and Jason Kreiser, so we're going to lay those down back-to-back, start with Sam and with Jason, um, and then we'll come back to wrap up today's show. Let's go to it. That stuff out at your head coach. You hear about it? I didn't hear about it. About the soda? No, he said he was going to beat him up. Yeah, take Something the like old this. bastard down. <laughs> no way. Well, I, I got my money on dresser now. <laughs> Just how obviously it's a big match anytime it's in state. Mm-hmm. If you're from out of state, it, yeah. you know how big it is when both teams are good and mm-hmm. you got that type of momentum. How would you describe what you to expect? I'm excited. I think it's cool. I think there's a lot of like friendly banter. And um, I obviously think we're the better team, and I think we're going to show that, and I think it's going to be a really fun match. So uh, hopefully another sold-out arena. That doesn't come down to me, but if it does, I'm ready, <laughs> and it should be good. Speaking of the things come down to you, I mean, just this last weekend, I mean, that Pittsburgh match, That what was that whole experience like? What was that match like? Um, you know, I'm ready for that. You know, I was just, like, reflecting on it. You know, it's my, it's my sixth year. I'm seasoned, you know. There's no like more moral victories, you know. I, I need to win. Like my job's to win. I came, I transferred here to to, to win those matches, not um, have close losses and all that. So um, I'm prepared to win those matches, and I, I I'm kind of starting to enjoy getting that getting that opportunity to to win for my team. What was? Did you have to make a mental shift, a mindset shift to be to want to be the closer for this team? Um, no, I think it just comes along with the job. I think being heavyweight, that's just part of part of what it is doesn't scare me. I mean, it used to. Dresser always likes to say, I used to poop my pants a little bit. <laughs> but now, now I'm, I'm ready for that. What does it take to get a late takedown like that, where you, where you know as much as your mindset is to do that, mm-hmm. your opponent's mindset is to do the same or to avoid it? Yeah, looking back at my whole career, I've always been... I've always been able to win matches like the last 30 seconds or so. Like, I've had like that, like that clutch factor. I don't know what it is, but... Like I've won two two big matches this year in the last last couple of seconds with a takedown. I just like when I'm in that position, I know because my conditioning's really good. I'm on my, I'm good on my feet, so I know if I'm if I'm on my feet, I have 30 seconds. I know I could get one. It wasn't great technique. I had to do a limp arm, which isn't really recommended, but I I got him. Oh, good. That's what I was gonna ask. Is it technique or just want to or or just it's muscle, it's muscle memory? Well, that late in a match, I'd say it's more of just wanting to get it, you know, because yeah. both guys are just leaning on each other, both so tired. Especially at heavyweight. That guy, you know, me and that guy aren't really big heavyweights, but seven minutes of wrestling, you're going to get tired. What was last year's dual meet at UNI like, just in terms of atmosphere and all that stuff? It was really cool. Um, Dresser asked me before the match if I wanted to go last, and I was up for that one. Um, and it was cool, you know, being in a, in, a, in a hostile arena. But there's a lot of Iowa State fans there, but... It was so cool to have it come down to me and win. See my whole like the pictures and all the videos of my of my teammates, younger, going crazy behind me. That's cool. I like that. I'm ready for it. How big is it for you to see, you know, this rivalry and really the relationship between the coaches bring so much hype to this duel? I think it's awesome. I think there's a lot, you know, Iowa wrestling's already really popular, but when the coaches can make it more fun and put a little you know, a little like entertainment behind it, you know, like WWE, kind of like that. People, you know, friendly friendly banner. People want to go and watch, so. Jason. 
What's it like for you when you're rolling around on the mat? I think all of us are we just get kind of nervous, but what's it like for you when you're rolling around down there? Honestly, it's a lot of fun. It, it's funny to hear, like, just rolling around, going through that crazy stuff. Like, that's what I, that's what I find most exciting, and I'm just I'm going through the motions. It, it probably feels like, I don't know, two seconds in my head, but then in the match I watch back, and I'm like, wow, that's a 30-second interaction that people are grabbing their heart on their toes for. <laughs> but I just love it. What are you anticipating from you and I this week? And obviously, Derek Holschlag's been around the block a time or two. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I'm definitely expecting like a decent match. I know he's going to come out strong and fighting. I've I've seen seen a little bit of him wrestle. He's he wrestles hard the whole time, and that's perfect. That's my style too. Like I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. I think it'll be a good match, and I think it's going to give the crowd some something to cheer for. How much confidence do you have in Sam Skyler? I mean, it kind of started last year against you and I, and it's just it seems to build. Obviously, Pitt this last weekend beat the number five guy in the country to win the dual meet and to win the match. Uh, what kind of confidence do you have in Sam Skyler? Oh, a ton of confidence. He, he's he's a chillest heavyweight in NCAA. You know? <laughs> he's he's awesome. Like it, it goes back to the room and how hard he works and stuff. And he really doesn't he doesn't mind that pressure being put on him. He wants the team to put him on, like team to put it on his back like he like he likes that kind of thing and he's not ready he's not going to back down from anything looking at a sunday uh with the gymnastics meet going on at the same time I mean, how do you guys try to maintain your focus uh i'll tell you what like i'm just ex i'm excited i think if anything it's going to help us dial in even more just give us something more excited to compete for more excited to be a part of part of something bigger and like i don't know i'm just i'm just hyped up i think my focus is going to be higher and more locked in what do you expect atmosphere-wise there in Cedar Falls, especially second straight year? Maybe it's been longer of their coach jokingly threatening to hurt your coach and all, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I hope that's all all in good fun kind of thing. <laughs> but um, but I, I like what it does for the sport. Like I was there last year. I got to see the I got to see the duel and how how exciting it got. And even this year, we've had however many duels that have come down to the last match, like the wire. And you, you see how the environment creates and just how good it is for the sport of wrestling, I think it's going to be a really good, exciting thing that everyone's going to be involved for, wrestling fan or not. Who doesn't love a little trash talk between two rivals, right? I love that Iowa State and you and I are embracing that. Just Doug saying earlier this week how he's going to put Dresser down. Dresser comes back with, well, you know, that's, yeah. Like just the, you know, I think he did another emoji thing earlier this week. Um, you know, he did that last year too, going panther hunting. We always circle that on the calendar. And then, um, you know, Sam going, yeah, like I'd, I'd take dresser any day of the week. Like, you know, the, the whole asking about physical harm thing. I don't know. I love rivalries. I think it's a lot of fun. And, and like I said before, you guys heard from Sam and Kreiser. Um, I'm very excited for this duel on Friday. I think it's going to be a banger. I hope to see you guys there as well. But that's all we've got today. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, would like to do an early pod uh, to break down all of the college wrestling that we're watching this weekend. Would also like to do a um, state tournament preview pod. Um, so we'll see if I can line those things up. Uh, fingers crossed because the Super Bowl is also Sunday. Go Chiefs. Um, but that's my tentative plan. Um, so we'll see what all I can ultimately do. Um, until then... Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the Des Moines Register to make sure that you guys don't miss any of our wrestling coverage coming up the rest of the season, but also and especially next week with the state tournament. We got a lot of really fun things planned, and I don't want you guys to miss any of that. So you can find links to subscribe as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.